Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding customers exactly the right insurance with the best price possible. They make updates. They cover you wherever they can cover you. And if there's ever, ever, ever a claim, they will go to work as if it happened to them. Because customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance. And don't forget the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament coming up. Nine days away, Susquehanna Valley Country Club. Matt is going to play. Mark, uh, some disappointing entertainment news. Uh, the suit says he's not playing. And believe me, he does bring a level of entertainment to the play. A Caddyshack level? <laughs> wow. Um I just happened to see the movie over the weekend. Again, uh, I, 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 40th, 40th anniversary, they were running it all the time. How can't you watch, right? I was watching. I was I was over playing golf the other day, and I, you know, I know the guy that runs the place. And I walked in and I said, who's in charge of this dump? He goes, and he says, Bush, Bush, what a dump. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the greatest, right. one of the greatest scenes in movies, the Cinderella story scene. Oh, yeah, with the... Hitting the flowers with the rake. <laughs> it's a master's a Cinderella story, assistant greenskeeper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful shot. Totally ad libbed. <laughs> of course it was. All right. So, my question to you, sir, is our play by play call of the day. It's the Philly Scott Fransky with the call. That one is That's good a enough. missile deep to right field. It is gone. Look out on the stairwell. A three-run home run for Bryce, first of the year, 29th against the Marlins, and the Phillies jump out to a three-zip lead. Actually, that'd be Tommy McCarthy with the call on the TV side of it as Bryce Harper goes deep. But again, the Marlins took two out of three from the Phillies this weekend. Uh, not what Phillies fans wanted to see. Again, what's the problem going to be? The problem is going to be pitching. Uh, simple as that. Look, as a lifelong Red Sox fan, Valdi was fine on opening night. You're like, hey, all right, they're okay. And then all of a sudden, you realize he's the only guy they have. All right, so. <laughs> so, hey, Dick and Milton, they're off to a good start. The Orioles are 2-1, and one, although they're not going to play tonight. They're heading back to Baltimore. All right, let's talk Penn State football now. Penn State football, let's at least establish a couple things for you here. Number one, uh, Penn State football is into day three of their uh, walkthroughs. They did one Friday. They did one Saturday. Yesterday was an off day. 
everyone is wearing a mask, including the players. They're all wearing masks. Because, you know, look, there's no pads, no helmets, and everybody's wearing a mask. Coaches, players, managers, film guys, video guys, whatever. They're all wearing a mask. Uh, so they're going into day three. Uh, I know they're going today, tomorrow, and Wednesday at minimum, and then go from there. Uh, I want to make one quick note about who's working and who is not in the Big Ten. My knowledge is 11 of the 14 are into what I refer to as Phase 3. This is the walkthrough phase. The only ones right now that are not are Michigan State, Rutgers, and Indiana. Indiana should be close to getting back. Uh, They paused. They had six positive tests altogether. Um, and so that's where they are. Um, and Indiana might be back before the week is out. Maryland's back. Ohio State's back. We've talked about that. Now let's get to Rutgers and Michigan State. Rutgers uh, went to a two-week quarantine. They had 10 individuals test positive, so they decided to do a two-week quarantine. Better to do it in July than to try and do it in September. So that's what they're doing. Then there's Michigan State. Michigan State is the one, again, I don't know everybody's individual protocols. So that one's a little more baffling for me because they had a staff member test positive. Okay, so what's the responsible thing to do? Okay, just retest and make sure everything's okay. Well, they had a second staff member test positive, and they had a player test positive, and they decided to quarantine everybody for two weeks. I was a bit surprised by that decision but I don't know what the protocols are at Michigan State. So since I don't know, I'm, all I said was, hey, look, I was kind of, when I saw what the results were, I thought, okay, really? All right. Well, if that's what they think they need to do, that's what they need to do. Um, also, you may have heard that Center County had 43 cases yesterday. Well, after going through this entire time of and anywhere from early on, it was usually one, two, three, four, something like that. Then the last month, there's been between, on an average day, two and seven. 43 was jolting. So, of course, the question is well, what did today look like? They had one. One. Okay. So we take it day by day. All right, so now let's get to back to Penn State football, into the third day of walkthroughs. Uh, and let's bring in Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Frank, always a pleasure, my friend. Great to have you with us. Having a great time here when it's 90 degrees and um, no sports, except we got baseball back, right? So Yeah, well, we got baseball back. Um, We're getting there. Uh, let me. Can I ask you about that quickly? What, what's bigger down there in in York? Is it the Phillies, the Orioles, and have the Nationals started together? Who's bigger for baseball? Yeah. Baseball is tough. I mean, it was predominantly an Orioles market, and and but you know when you don't do so well for twenty five years, that's kind a long of wane. That's a long but, time. <laughs> You cross the Susquehanna River and get into Lancaster, then immediately you're more into Philadelphia territory. Right, okay. Right. Yeah. Penn State is making the transition today into the um, 
two-week mini camp. Uh, obviously, without spring, we all know this is really important uh, for them to do. When you've talked to the players, how anxious were they to get back out to do this phase of it? Oh, they can't wait. And I think, um, you know, the interviews we have, that you can see the excitement just wanting – I mean, it's been so long since they've gotten to do what they love to do, you know. I mean, they're there to get an education, but it's – they're also there to play big-time football, and you how do you play it when you can't prepare the way you're used to? So, yeah, they're excited, and I think – um they seem to be, I mean, they're saying all the right things as far as discipline goes, and I think that's the key for them. That's the key for the whole, for all of college football. How disciplined can everybody be, you know, especially off the field, I guess. Right, and uh, I think right now Indiana is paused because they had six positives. Michigan State's not a player positive. It turns out it was a staff member who was positive. So they're the so 12 of the 14 will be able to go today from what we understand uh, it, it feels like this is such a crawl. <laughs> is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know it's the unknown, and then to do something where you have eighty-five, a hundred guys close proximity working out, then eventually hitting each other. My God! This, so it's you go to the grocery store, you wear a mask, you know, but. Right. It's a lot more involved. Look at all the different steps trying to pull off football and pull it off safely. And um, I think people are okay. I think the players would be okay and the coaches be okay with all the slow crawl and the steps that they can just get there by the end of September even. You know? I mean, I, it's like the, everything I hear from the media and the, maybe the doctor's voices seem to be more pessimistic. Of course, everything you hear from the players and the coaches what you see seems to be the well, maybe a little more optimistic so can i talk about that for a second frank sure. um when ohio state paused it was a gigantic story right sure yeah. when, when houston did when kansas state did where were the stories about them returning because they've all been back for a while now yeah and i talked to a sports medicine doctor earlier this week who deals with some of this as well as his own practice and um, he said yeah you're going to expect positives when you bring players back because you're bringing them back from everywhere and you and you almost want the positives I mean now you want to then be able to institute your control and be able to get people used to this is if we're going to make this work now you're here this is what you got to do now you're here whether you test positive or not the question I guess I have is I think guys, for the most part, maybe could be disciplined enough to make it work, but can they the 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 testing and the and the and the tracing you know can can that is that viable through this once the season starts that's I don't, I, that's a big question to me yeah you will we'll have to find out the other part is you don't know who you're opening up with and you don't know when. Right. And again, that seems like a horrendous, not horrendous, but a really big obstacle and a worry. But at this point, I, I don't know if they care, right? I mean, it's like right now you're saying, some people are saying, hey, there's only a 20% chance of that football is going to come off. So if if you're seeing that and believing that to any point, I don't know, does it matter who you play first or when you play, right? 
Yeah. I mean, I guess it does, but you just want to play. I mean, I think there's a real worry that this isn't going to work in the fall. And then what do you do? Well, you know what? To be honest with you, it might not work in the spring either. So you don't, I don't. Right. <laughs> so, right. That's, exactly. That's why I think you got to do what they're doing. You got to me. You got to do everything you can to try to go to the end to see if it can work. Not to force it over people's safety. Not to right. Just say we got to make money at the sake of that. But you got to take it to the end line to see. I mean, you know. You bought yourself more time with the, um, if you want it, with the getting away with the non-conference game. So you could even push this back a couple more weeks. Um, give your chance, give yourselves a chance to acclimate more to everybody or however many people are on campus. Give your, you know, give that a little bit more time. If people are working on this every day, maybe there's a treatment that comes out, or maybe, I think more importantly, maybe the testing gets ramped up quicker and, and such, you know. Well, we've talked about this before, Frank. When you look at the personnel in this team and the depth of it, and I was talking, we had Phil Steele on the show earlier this week. He said, look, the only team that realistically can challenge Ohio State in this conference is, is sitting here. I mean, I think that's that's a fair evaluation. And I that, to me, Frank, you know, I've been asked on a couple of shows I know Mark Packer asked me about this a couple of weeks ago when I was on his show. He said, what's been the difference between Ohio State and Penn State? I said, one play each half. I mean, that's, that's that, that you know, you find one play each half, I think you find victory. Right, and it's uh, the depth of talent, you know. I mean, somebody makes, you know, Ohio State can always bring somebody else in. They always have another Penn State's always playing a little bit of catch-up, and I think they've almost played over themselves when they play Ohio State at times. Um, but this is Penn State's deepest, most talented team since James has been there, and seems like you have some of the star power at the right spots. And you're, this is—I mean—you're so excited to look forward to see this team play, you know. Um, and I think uh, the core—I think the offensive line could uh, make the difference in everything. Oh, We keep talking about that every year, right? But, but I think, but this, I, to me, Frank, I think this is the deepest, most talented offensive line Penn State's had since 2008. That's to me. That's my, my personal opinion evaluation. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that could be true. Um, and I think that's what it seems to be. I always hesitate a little bit because we keep talking about the line and and it's made marginal steps and really excited about the new coaching hire. But, yeah. of course, then you get that and you can't practice. <laughs> right. So I guess I'm going to wait and, you know, you got to wait and see a little bit. I'm always a little bit reluctant when it hasn't quite worked out the way you thought in the past few years. But I, I, I completely agree. And I think um, I'm maybe not quite as strong on the linebackers, but I think the talent is there to be the same thing. I just, you know, there's just so many guys that are going to have to step up in roles they haven't done. But I think they may have their most talent overall at linebacker than they've had since I don't, I mean, I don't know when, it, five, six, or seven. Right? Yeah, when they had Lee Connor and uh, and uh, Pozlesny together, that was a pretty good group. <laughs> yeah, sure. There's a lot of there's a lot of pro games in that group. Well, uh, but depth is the most important thing because if you even go back to then, they never could keep all. Seemingly, never could keep all those guys healthy at the same time right. on the field. 
but they had the depth that it didn't quite matter, and I think finally they have that again. Well, in fact, you go back to the Orange Bowl, which is Sean Lee's freshman year. Pozlesny gets hurt in the game, and and Lee is his backup, right? Now that's depth. Right, right. That's what they haven't been able to have, and now they do, so... Penn State fans, you know, it's like this is the year you're really looking forward to, and you you don't want to. Hey, I want to see Micah Parsons play another season if I could, selfishly, you know. Sure. Don't uh, want to not have this canceled or go to the spring and have guys like him maybe for their own good not play. So. Right. Well, exactly. Um, the is there an to you an underrated football part of the football team that maybe people don't talk about as much. Um, I think the um, I think the secondary is is shaping up to be better. I mean, they took a lot of heat because they gave up a lot of big passing plays last year. Yeah, a lot of passing yards. Everybody's picking on them. You know, they were really good against the run last year, but not so much against the pass, especially when they really needed it sometimes. But I think they have a lot of talent and depth back there more so it, w- it wasn't ready last year but I think it's it should you would think it should be ready this year I think that could be a big difference um, they did much better at creating turnovers and I, but I think the pass defense could be um, a lot better and I think Lamont Wade is a, a key guy back there I mean we saw how he played at the end of the year compared to else time, you know other times in his career and that wow that was an awakening Sometimes uh, people will get uh, experience for their players and put them on special teams to get the experience part. Okay, that's fine. Um, uh, but Penn State plays a lot of players in their rotation, and they won't hesitate in that rotation to do it in the fourth quarter. What has that meant to the continued development of this team where where you can say, oh, they lose X amount of starters, and it turns out the guys who replaced them actually played a lot? Yeah, that's what I think they're trying. I mean, that's what you would think Ohio State does can do. Yeah. Penn State hasn't been able to do that, but the way they've recruited, finally I think we're getting to the point where that's the elite team. That's the kind of depth talent that you need to get to the playoffs and maybe win it all. And I think finally I mean they've been able to do it at certain positions and I know they've really loved to do it on the defensive line, no Sean Spencer. But I think maybe more overall as a team, they're going to be able to do that without a drop. I mean, I think they've done it at times where they've had guys step in who held up. On, But now maybe you're getting to the point where it's not just you're rotating and a guy holds up. You get to the point where maybe you don't miss anything at all. Um, and I think of one example, the guy we just talked to this week is Judge Culpepper. Who, yes. Pretty highly rated kid, but kind of forgotten in the last couple of years because he hasn't played a whole lot. But I think a guy like him, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, he's, they spent a lot of time recruiting a guy like him right when things were getting good again. So now is this, this needs to be kind of like his time, his time to step up and really play well. And so that's, that's an example, I think, of that. Frank, it is always a pleasure. It's always great to hear you on the other end of the line. Hopefully, we yeah. can see each other shortly here. I hope so. Even if, I, if even if I have to watch you the whole day for the mask on, I don't care. Let's just somehow make it happen. I I agree with that completely, my friend. Thanks so okay. much. Yep. Take, take care. care. You take care too.
Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. As we continue in the green phase per the governor's order, most of our staff continues to work from home to practice social distancing for the safety of our staff and clients. During this time, we are operating under the guidance of the insurance department. Our office remains available to service our current and new clients by phone, by calling 570-286-5855, email, and by appointment. Our after-hours emergency service is also ready to assist our clients with their needs. From the team at Purdy Insurance, stay safe, be well, be kind, and know that we remain dead dedicated to the highest levels of service to protect what matters most. Trade in and trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia. Now until the end of the month, Sunbury Motors Kia will give you more. That's right, more than your car is worth. Take advantage of Kia's first ever trade-in assist bonus cash. Get an extra $1,500 on third row 2020 Serenos. There's 22 available with savings up to $7,025. SMC has an extra $1,000 on the versatile 2020 Sportages. There's 27 available with savings up to $4,655. Plus an extra $1,000 on the stylish 2020 Kia Souls with 17 available and savings up to 44.24. The demand for quality pre-owned vehicles is at an all-time high. So stop in Sunbury Motors Kia for your upgrade today. Trade in, trade up at Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip in Hummel's Wharf. Retail trade and assist applies for model year 2000 or newer Kia or competitive model. on the show today. Uh, Tony DeFazio, next half hour, talking about Pittsburgh and what's going on there. Uh, also, want to get into something uh, after that about Darrell Johnson Coolianos, who is uh, now a part of the Bloomsburg football staff. Uh, Adam Rittenberg and Michelle Steele have co-written a story on ESPN.com more about Iowa. And I'll tell you right now, you anybody who watched Darrell Johnson Culliano's play, which obviously I announced games he played in, he was a terrific receiver at Iowa. The Bloomsburg players are going to learn a lot from him once they get the opportunity to. But he didn't have the easiest time at Iowa. We'll talk about that when we come back. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And yes, we are nine days away. From the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament, the beautiful Susquehanna Valley Country Club, to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. I am so looking forward to seeing everybody. <laughs> so looking forward to it. Auto home light business. If you can save money in bundles, they'll do it for you. And they'll take great care of the policy, which means they're taking great care of you. They'll save you money wherever they can. Great professionals who are great people. 
Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Lincoln, Ford, Kia, Hyundai. They've got the great product lines and incredible pre-owned inventory. Fabulous sales staff. And, yes, a great service department to take care of the life of that vehicle. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. We're going to get into Darrell uh, Johnson-Culianos in just a few minutes, who's currently the wide receiver coach at Bloomsburg, and what was really a hard experience for him at times at Iowa. Uh, He's been able to open up about it, and Iowa needs to make many, many changes and based on what was revealed today, uh, even more so. Uh, now, one of them is Chris Doyle's no longer there, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, Chris Doyle's the former strength and conditioning coach at Iowa. But first of all, uh, let's bring in uh, our great friend, Tony DeFazio. And uh, Tony, uh, after a stoic and stay lifestyle you now join us for this always good to be on with guys and that's a that's a, that's a safe low bar for me i you know if we're going to make comparisons decision wise that's a good place to start i'm going to end up looking okay <laughs> okay uh let's start with the steelers because the steelers i believe what the rookies free agents today veterans tomorrow does that sound right yeah, yeah. So they're going to be, uh, you know, some, the, 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 I'm not sure why the day gap. I mean, I, I think it makes sense when you have a three or four day gap. Uh, but again, these aren't uh, <laughs> these aren't normal times. So um, I guess that's probably the union. You know, has to make sure the veterans have at least an extra day. Yeah. So that's what they have going in. So you know, so now we have to play the game of what if. So what if it plays out? Yep. What kind of team can the Steelers be if uh, they're allowed to get going? You know, to me, if you look at last year, you look at, um, you know, all the issues they had uh, offensively, this should be a team that makes the playoffs. I mean, simply by getting Ben Roethlisberger back on board, it's got to be good for at least one more win, right? Um, that probably pushes them into, you know, into, into playoff territory. Beyond that, I just think it's a major question. I, I look at the AFC, and you've got the Chiefs, and you've got Baltimore. I don't know that there's anybody else that – looks to be a, a powerhouse type of a team or, you know, oh boy, we got to roll up our sleeves and deal with whatever they bring. I think beyond those two teams, it's kind of wide open. Steelers just have a lot of questions. There's just so many questions on offense. And, um, you know, defensively, quite frankly, uh, can they be as good as they were last year? That's kind of a tall order, honestly. Um, you know, that was a, a very, very good defense that was impressive week in and week out. They stumbled a bit over the final two weeks, but obviously they had no help whatsoever offensively. So, you know, beyond that being a playoff team, I just don't know. Can Ben Roethlisberger stay healthy for 12-plus games? Can Mason Rudolph, if he has to play, can he perform at at least a, a tread water level? Can James Conner stay healthy? Uh, can, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster prove that last year was an anomaly? Uh, is anybody else going to step up? Um, you know, in the receiving core, and can the line, can that patchwork line, kind of hold together? Can they get another good year out of DeCastro and Villanueva and uh, uh, and Marquise Pouncey? So, uh, just just a lot of questions, Steve. Not far fetched. Yes, can be the answer to a lot of those, but there's just a lot of questions offensively. Okay, defensively though, what can it mean to the Steelers that Mika Fitzpatrick gets a full training camp with them? 
I mean, I think that's huge. Uh, you know, I, I, I think he is uh, completely legit. Now, can he be, you know, I, again, I, I haven't seen anybody in the black and gold um, who makes plays at opportune times like Fitzpatrick did last year since Troy Polamalu. Um, now, can Fitzpatrick make an impact game after game after game like he did last season? Can he do that again? Um, again, that's one of those defensive questions that I think is a legitimate question. I don't know if he can make that same impact week after week. People are not going to be testing him. You know, that's for sure. Um, now that should help the rest of the defense as well. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I do think he is that kind of a difference maker. And, I, I, again, it's tough to compare somebody to a Hall of Famer when you're entering your third season. Um, but when he's playing at his best, I haven't seen anyone do those things in a Steelers uniform since number 43. You mentioned being tested. So let's get to the testing part. I mean, uh, obviously they're tested when they come in. How often during camp are they going to get tested? That's a great question. I don't know the answer to that one. I don't know if it's going to be by, uh, you know, every other day, um, you know, on a weekly basis. I honestly don't know it. You know, you heard this stuff at the beginning with everybody get tested every day. That's not happening. Not happening in baseball. That's not happening. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that's a, that's a heck of a question. And, again, once we get these football players and at, at, at any level on the field together over and over again, you know, uh, I just wonder what's going to happen. You said at the beginning we got to play that what-if game. That what-if game is going to start this week. Part of that what-if game is we're going to do what-if. The Pirates will be playing Milwaukee tonight. Yes, the Yankees and Phillies are postponed. The Marlins and Orioles are postponed. But every everybody else is playing. Pirates won yesterday. All right, so that's the what the fourth time in the calendar year twenty twenty they won. That's correct. Uh, what have you thought watching them early on? You know, I think that that is about what maybe we expected. I think you probably have to be somewhat pleased, not not overjoyed in any way, but pleased at the outings that each of the three starters gave you. Uh, Joe Musgrove, I think he, he, I think we know what to expect from yes, him. I agree. He, you know, he, he is what he is. He's not going to dominate, you know, he's not going to dominate, but you're going to get a workmanlike performance and he's going to give you a, a chance every time he's out there. Um, the rest of the guys, boy, you know, I just don't know. I don't know what to expect. Um, but I think you had to be very, very happy very, very um, cautiously optimistic with Mitch Keller's performance yesterday. Yeah. He was really, really good. I agree. Um, and they got him out early, so he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have to get roughed up at all. It didn't have to go south on him. Um, but I, I, I think that's as good as he's pitched uh, in, a, in, a, in a Pirates uniform. So that's, I think, a, a positive thing. And the bullpen yesterday was really, really good. Now, uh, Rich Rodriguez got, got bonds. The first day, Kyle Crick was, was pretty bad in game two. I think you're going to see a lot of up and down. Um, I, again, I, I just don't know that this team has, you know, sure. can they play above water for two months? Yeah, maybe. You know, can they get nine or ten starts out of some of these guys? Yeah, maybe. Um, but for them to do anything, you know, they can't have a weekend where Josh Bell uh, and uh, Brian Reynolds go a combined two for twenty-one. Right. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's only one weekend, right? But but they just they, those guys have to perform for them to stay above water. So I think that was kind of what we expected. Um, I guess at the end of three games, that's a, it looks about right to me. Yeah. Uh, what about Nick Gonzalez being a part of this? You know, I think he – well, that's a great question. Um, I think that's the toughest question for, for uh, you know, GMs and coaches is what to do with those kind of players, right? I mean, yeah. 
Um, I, I, I don't know really what the heck to think of that kind of stuff. I, I, I think it's difficult to give those guys the experience they need if they're not ready to be on the, the major league roster. But at the same time, I think you've got to keep them you know, actively involved and, and you've got to have them doing something. Um, to me, that's the biggest issue with, with major league baseball this season is you're losing an entire minor league season and you know, you've got to decide which prospects are worth it and which prospects you know, can, can just flounder. Um, what a terrible decision to have to make. Minor league baseball is going to be all, you know, forever changed after this whole thing is over too, Steve. I think that's one thing that's kind of gotten right. lost in the, in the major headlines here. Not here. <laughs> Not here. Yeah, I'm sure that's right. No, true. That's true. Very point. Much, Great point. Very much on our mind almost all the time here about that. Uh, now I want to get to the Penguins. Penguins are in the bubble. Uh, what, what's it going to mean uh, for the Penguins to get meaningful minutes on an every uh, day or night, because they're going to be day games, day and night yeah. uh, basis from Sidney Crosby? It's going to be huge. It's going to be just about everything. I mean, especially, you know, you, I don't want to say especially, but um, I think the Penguins are a better team than the Canadians, but the Canadians have that one thing that can steal a series, especially a best-of-five type series, yeah. uh, as Kip Price. And if you don't have your best guy out there, uh, that, and if he's not completely healthy, you know, we've, we've read that book before uh, with the Penguins. We've seen Crosby not be healthy or not be able to contribute on, a, on this, you know, kind of basis that we're used to. Penguins don't typically do too well when that happens. Um, so, you know, I know a lot of Penguins fans are saying, boy, they're in great shape. They're getting guys back. They're going to be, you know, they're going to be ready to roll. They got a great first round matchup. Yeah. Uh, if they get past that first round, then I'll start to feel a little bit more confident. But um, again, a goalie like that, a short series, it would not surprise me if these guys are golfing or at least uh, back, back at home before too long. I think that's a tougher series than some Penguins fans anticipate. <laughs> yeah, because. I mean, look, Carey Price did not have a good regular season, right? But nobody knows how this is going to play out. And, and again, for the Penguins, they'll go through next season, and then you know darn well whomever's the odd man out in goal is going to be a a new goalie for the Seattle Kraken. (laughs) Yeah, right. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, you know, that's such an interesting thing with the goaltending situation, too, because it doesn't look like Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be the main guy in net. And, you know, again, Hindsight's 20, uh, but I wonder if the Penguins are rethinking that decision to let Flurry go and keep Murray. It looked like a no-brainer at the time, um, but the way things have played out, I wonder if you know if, 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 if that wasn't the best decision for both players, or if it wasn't uh, uh, if a different decision might have might have come into play. Just an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought, but I think it played out well for both because the Penguins got a Stanley Cup with Murray. Well, and again, you can't argue those things. You can't argue those things, right? (laughs) And this is something I've argued forever with with people. Like like Jamal Adams was just traded by the Jets to Seattle, all right? And let's go back to Mika Fitzpatrick. Look, I understand the value of building a team, especially if you're down and out through the draft. I've got that. But to me, whenever you have a chance to, quote, go for it in professional sports, go for it because guess what? Winning doesn't ha- the whole thing doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen very often. I agree one hundred percent. And in fact, I'm going to I'm going to go way back almost thirty years. Um, during during Moisey Salou's illustrious Major League Baseball career, yes. Pir- Pirates fans would complain, "Oh, we should have hung on to him." If they don't trade him for Zane Smith, 
there are, there are no Braves playoff series. Forget about, you know, that's 1992 right. and all that stuff. Zane Smith helped them get to the playoffs. Um, so that's a trade they had to make. To me, it was the right move, even though, you know, Alou came back and haunted them for heck, you know, a, a good 15 years. So I agree. Those trades are the right ones. You got to go for it when you have a chance. And, and heck, Flurry, Flurry was in the Stanley Cup finals that next year in Vegas. So, um, but now it does become fodder for – to me, it's just an interesting thought at this point. If Murray – heck, Murray may go in there and outshine Price, and, yeah. you know, then we stop having a conversation. Yeah, because I think Price is the one that scares everybody in Pittsburgh. This, this, you know. Yep. yep. Like, okay. Yeah. Tony, <laughs> it is always a pleasure, my friend. I hope you and what yours are safe, sound, and well. The same to you, Steve, and I hope we're enjoying college football. My fingers are crossed. Yeah, we'll keep them crossed. Thanks so much. Take care. Tony DeFazio in Pittsburgh. We'll come back. I'm going to talk about Darrell Johnson Kulianos, who now lives in our area, and some of the terrible stuff he went through. Uh, as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors and our good friends at Purdy Insurance. All right. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, uh, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, whatever your insurance needs may be, you need to go to Purdy Insurance. They will take great care of you and your policy. Uh, Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Darrell Johnson Koulianos is... uh, the new wide receiver coach for Bloomsburg lives right here in our area. Played football at Iowa and had simply I mean, a record setting career there, by the way. Record setting career. But more and more comes out. More and more comes out. And this poor guy went, you know, look. Will be he be the first to tell you that off the field was he an angel? He'll be the first to tell you no, okay? But he's learned from that, and look what he's done with he's He's got himself into coaching, and I think he's got himself a bright career. So he was late for a meeting in 2009. It was spring of 2009. So he was late for a meeting. Chris Doyle, the longtime strength and conditioning coach, decided the wide receiver would receive a very public punishment. At practice, Doyle ordered Johnson Kulianos to jog around the field with a large yellow trash can covering his head. Players and coaches, along with recruits and their parents, recruits and their parents, this is the impression you want to give them about your program? Watched as Johnson Kulianos circled the field. One of the players said, I felt so humiliated for him. I was humiliated. That felt like me running. It still bothers me. LeBron Daniel, LeBron Daniel, defensive end for Iowa at the time. Watched the scene unfold with teammates. We all just looked and were shaking our heads. And he, by the way, is one of eight people at that practice who verified the incident to ESPN. During water breaks, guys would be talking about, hey, what the F is that? A humiliating thing. Someone even took a photo, and Doyle put the photo up in his office. Darrell Johnson Culliano said, when kids go in there, you'd see this picture. He has it up there like he's proud, like a trophy. 
So, meanwhile, Amari Spivey, uh, Spivey, excuse me, third round pick in the 2010 NFL draft, said he believes the incident reflected something deeper about the program under Kirk Ferentz. He said, "Quote: I guarantee that if Darrell Johnson Coolianos was white, Chris Doyle would have never done that." There have been white players getting into trouble, too. They've never had to do what DJK did. I wish I spoke up. I regret that. We didn't have a voice there. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Look, discipline is important in any program. It is. Discipline's important in any program. Doesn't matter what you know whether you're a Martian from Saturn. It doesn't matter. Okay, discipline is needed along the way, but there are ways of doing it. There are ways of doing it. Okay, that is not how to do it. That's a disgrace. And you know what's interesting about this? James Daniels, who plays for the Bears, he was second-round pick of the Bears, got this conversation started on Twitter. But I want to remind everybody, a lot of people may not realize this, but he went to the athletic director, Gary Barta, a year ago to try and go about it the right way. In other words, quiet, through channels. And he realized that there was some lip service. That's why he went public. Spivey said Ferentz wanted his players to be robots programmed to make the coaches comfortable. We couldn't wear earrings. We couldn't wear hats. We had to dress a certain way. Wanted us to fit the mold. Said it's culture shock. Said Doyle was making comments about our culture, our people. It's uncomfortable. We're already uncomfortable. And Darrell Johnson Coolianos, they wanted to have a reunion last year. Okay. Oh, here's one. Matt Hankins, senior corner, tweeted last month that after he spit on the turf out of habit, Doyle kicked him out of practice. The next day, a white player spit on the same indoor turf. Doyle did nothing. Uh, then there was... Darrell Johnson Coolianos, 2009. They they put together ten year reunion for the 2009 Orange Bowl team. Okay, they're going to be honored at halftime of the game. I did the Penn State game, October 12th. Darrell Johnson Coolianos responded by saying he had not been invited. Adding, he says, "Look, I don't want to cause any drama." Broderick Bins with Iowa said, "You haven't been getting emails. Everybody's invited." It's been 9 to 10 years, I understand it, but you're invited just like anyone else, and you're welcome to come and celebrate what was an awesome year. So Darrell booked himself a flight. The week before the game, Ben Hansen, Iowa's assistant director for football operations, asked how many tickets Johnson Coolianos needed. And then he was informed that you're not invited. Wasn't invited at all. Was told to stay away. Disgraceful.